Hi there, I'm Bart and this is Tech in Seoul. Tech in Seoul is the first podcast on tech and startups in Korea. In partnership with La French Tech, we meet startup founders, entrepreneurs, investors, VCs, and other players of the local and international tech industry. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you will enjoy this podcast. Today I'm with Samuel Samoun to talk about a program that is running, is co-running. This program is called Innovative Korea. Um, during the discussion, we got a bit carried away and we talk a lot about visa and about differencing. So if you really want to um, uh, jump to the part where we talk about innovative Korea, you can jump to the 20th minute, minute 20, and then uh, we start talking more in details about the program. But if you're interested also in visa and um, uh, Samir's uh, experience in Korea, then of course, you're welcome to listen to the whole episode. Hello, Samer. Hello. Can you hear me well? How are you doing? Yes, loud and clear. Great, great, great. Okay. Thanks for being here today. Um, are we also waiting for, for, for Nihat? Uh, Nihat couldn't join. He has a couple of uh, meetings today, so he, uh, he couldn't join us. So uh, it's going to be me and you. Okay, cool. Thank you for, uh, for your interest in Innovative Korea as well and for the actually great podcast that uh, you're actually putting out there. Quite nice. Well, thanks very much. Yeah, I've seen you're very involved with a lot of um, uh, government or non-government activities here, right? Yes, yes, that's true. That's true. How come? <laughs> uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a while actually here in Korea. It's been almost uh, 13 years that I've been living here. Uh, and, you know, you start somewhere, you, uh, uh, you end up somewhere else. It's, uh, it, it builds up. In the beginning, we didn't have any attention from the government because, you know, um, it wasn't our place uh, to start with. And uh, when you start, uh, I started like establishing a few businesses after I graduated from uh, university. And that led me to actually participate even when I was under uh, still a foreign visa. Because right now, me and Nihat, we both have Korean citizenships. Uh, even before that, we got access to government funds so they can fund our projects. And uh, we realized since then that there's a lot, a lot of uh, expats can benefit from here and no one is actually telling them about it and no one is actually leading, leading them through that. So we decided to actually try to let everyone know uh, about that so yeah. everyone actually can benefit it doesn't matter if we succeed in our business or not our business is our business on the side but if we actually give the maximum amount of people the the the, uh, the way or we help them to find out how they can succeed maybe their success can lead to other people's success as well and you know uh, the, the ecosystem here in South Korea would become a little bit more uh, expat startup friendly yeah. Um, so, so for you, it's not so expat startup friendly so far. Uh, honestly speaking, it is becoming a little bit more and more. I mean, if we if we are going to talk, uh, and unluckily, Nihad, the diplomatic one, is not here. It's just me here, <laughs> the one that just say things the way they are. No, Seoul is friendly, but Seoul is 
just became is becoming friendly. So Seoul Metropolitan City and South Korea itself doesn't have a track record of supporting young entrepreneurs compared to other uh, countries. We're not here to compare, definitely. Uh, but this it is what it is right now in uh, in South Korea. They the city itself or or Korea itself didn't have again a track record of supporting young entrepreneurs, and needless to say. Uh, foreign entrepreneurs. Now, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs are doing amazing here in Korea, and, and that's something that actually we look up to and we're proud of, and we get to learn from them as well, foreign entrepreneurs. Uh, they're amazing. Like, for example, uh, NR2 last time, uh, uh, NR2 uh, CEO, I think he was on your podcast as well. I was listening yep. to that podcast. And Jordan. I follow him on LinkedIn. Yeah, I follow him on LinkedIn, and, and he puts some nice articles out there. Th th those kind of um, CEOs and entrepreneurs for us are are people we look up to, in uh, in any case. It's two o'clock uh, because it's uh, it's people like uh, that was my laptop. Sorry, it is two o'clock. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, when you see a successful and success is measured not by the amount of money we're making, uh, success is measured on our sustainability, how long we can stand still in such a volatile ecosystem right here because we, we all know i mean you can understand everything about the ecosystem you can actually understand uh how it works and how to do a startup and you have the best marketing team the best sales team the best lawyers the best patents but eventually some things just don't happen for you in a foreign market um not everyone wants to collaborate with you or the, the, the comp you can't follow up with the competition korea is a very competitive market honestly um and to have your sole business here and try to actually enter and compete with the Korean SMEs, you would need way more than money to actually to be able to compete with them. Uh, not to forget that uh, for a lot of expats, visa is an issue. Funds uh, are a big issue. Uh, if you are under certain visas, you don't have always access for loans from banks or fi financial benefits uh, from banks. Uh, even a PayPal account is not available for everyone if you're even doing dropshipping, unless you open a company. If you need to open a company, you need to have a certain visa. Uh, the Ministry of Justice have their own uh, standards for issuing visas for individuals. Uh, the Ministry of SMEs have their own standards to actually offer help. So those two entities right here are my main concern uh, when, I, when I actually try to facilitate or try to actually set up programs with, uh, with them as well. Uh, the SME, the Ministry of SMEs actually gives you like, okay, you are eligible for one, two, three, four. But if you go and look at your visa, you're not eligible to actually get that fund. So basically, I'll give you a very, uh, a very quick example. When I was a student, my first company that I opened here in South Korea, I was on a student visa and mm -hmm. uh, I incorporated the company right away. Now, legally speaking from uh, the tax, uh, national tax uh, agency, I am every single legal resident of South Korea has the right to open a company. Now that's mm. following the tax law. Now I opened that company. The moment that company makes money, I just broke the law without knowing it. Why? Because the Ministry of Justice said, you are under D2 visa. You are not to be engaged in any activity that uh, uh, generates revenue. So basically you actually need to get slammed on the face by this kind of case to understand that the regulation is not a one-way regulation. It's a net of regulations that you actually have to understand before making any mistake that might get you uh, under fine or deported or X, Y, Z. So 
this being said, this simple example being said, and it still continues until now, Seoul, Metropolitan City, and South Korea itself is trying to be foreign entrepreneur friendly, but we are still on the way. Yeah, yeah. Another another good example is the, this F two seven visa, right? That they they just um, they just changed the rules, right? Can you can you tell me a bit more about that from your perspective? Um, honestly, it's it, it was very um, hard to actually understand why this happened. Um, we we are involved with the Seoul uh, Foreign City Council as well. We are involved with the uh, as mentors at the Ministry of Justice with the Immigration Office as well, uh, trade uh, visa programs, startup visa programs, and we we went through all the uh, visa options a person can have in South Korea, from language to student to uh, job seeking visa to F visa and then to citizenship. What happened with F two seven visa was unfortunate. We couldn't understand why. Actually, the, the law keeps going back and forth and changing. And we, we did submit a couple of petitions to try to change this, but there's so little us and everyone else can do when it comes to the uh, Ministry of Justice. They have their own regulations. But now, actually, it is almost kind of impossible, to be honest. It's clear and not clear. It's a gray zone of visa at the same time. Uh, we couldn't really understand, like, what kind of job will actually make you 60, almost $60,000 or $60 million one a year for you to be able to actually grant or, or, or get that visa. That's not a normal job. I mean, we all live here. If you're new in South Korea or you've been here for a while, you know that 60 million won is not just an attainable number uh, to get with the job market that is more or less limited for, uh, for foreign individuals who are living here. Nonetheless, that being said, even for Koreans. Uh, so... Um, because the the F two seven requires a month a, a yearly salary of uh, sixty million won. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, okay. Plus or minus the double double the uh, Korean GNI. Okay. Which is almost equivalent to uh, to sixty. And uh, before when we got F two visas, we used to uh, we used to move from E seven visa through the immigration uh, uh, system. They had the point based uh, immigration. We switched to F two. F27 uh, right as now, and we open our businesses or we uh, we did whatever we need to do now, it's a little bit more limited. Now it's uh, more on the side of, um, if you started, let's say you got your F2 visa under the marketing industry, you have to, you can change. I think you can, this is the unclear point. You can still change your job, but you have to stay in the same industry. You can't move from marketing, for example, to uh, total design freelancing. They, they're not accepting that. What we are, speculating and that's a personal opinion what we are speculating is that maybe the korean government is expecting um, a big number of um, expats coming in post covid uh, because the, the 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 ecosystem the the job market requires presence of, of a lot of skilled workers and they are trying to control that in a way or another it's not clear how they're trying to control that. But one thing we know for sure that at a certain point, there will be an overflow of um, expats to come to Korea, skilled expats uh, to come for the, to get jobs here in Korea, because there are a lot of jobs opening. Even uh, during uh, COVID in 2020, I was uh, going around checking uh, LinkedIn for what kind of job availabilities there are. Uh, due to the restrictions of travel, there were a lot of high-end uh, job openings here in South Korea for uh, foreign individuals as well. 
that yeah but sorry um e7 e e type of uh, of jobs or uh, jobs for people with an f visa already uh they were they were e7 type of jobs but they would prefer someone with an f2 so basically any company would actually if they find the, the person for that job right here already with a visa they would not have to sponsor that visa they would take them they would have the opportunity to be chosen before someone that actually have to come in from out of korea to get that e7 job sponsored and etc and whatnot so uh what we're speculating is that there's a lot of uh let's say presence there will be a lot of presence of, uh, of expats entering south korea and therefore the korean government is trying to pre-control uh who gets in and under which conditions so they wouldn't have uh a state of uh, chaos but that's a personal speculation yeah and that's why i'm asking you because most of this foreigner will enter on, on e7 visa right because you need yeah. you need a few years in the country to get the f27 so 100%. so if it's an e7 then it's a different problem i mean me so I, i'm i'm new to this market right but i know very well southeast asia and actually what what surprised me the most is that Um, all this F visa seems to be the gold um, mine for people to start a company when they are actually residency visas. And and even the immigration or the lawyer push you like you should get married, you should get the F27, etc. When actually these are not business visas. So that, what I don't understand is that in other countries, it's very separated. You got the residency, the, the marriage, the wedding, etc. And on the other side, you got the business visa. But here in Korea, even the government or even the authority are pushing you uh, towards these F visas. And that's what I really don't understand, to be honest. Now, now actually, it changed a little bit. So while actually, uh, as, as you just said, it's 100% correct, it was actually an overall visa. It's an F visa. Is it residence? Is it permanent residence? Is it the business visa? What yeah. is it exactly? So everyone was going after that visa and it worked for a while. And then they start actually pushing more. There's, there's the, uh, the, the uh, uh, public uh, policy funds allocated for basically anyone who's trying to do business here. We're not everyone. We cannot say 100%. We have startups, IT or any type of startups and uh, or trade. Basically, those are the main two activities that most individuals have uh, here in uh, South Korea when it comes to expats, uh, any type of startups or trade. So what the immigration office did, uh, they launched uh, special visas for those. So they're, they're actually heading now towards the example that you gave me about Southeast Asia, that, okay, let's separate all those. Let's make residence, residence, espouse, espouse, a trade visa, a trade visa, and a startup visa, a startup visa. Now, for, for a lot of people, this is not fair. Because we were all used to a way more simpler uh, system where we can actually get our visas and try our businesses. Hey, if it didn't work, still, we can still go and do something else. We can get a part-time job on the side or we can have our own hustle on the side. Right now, everything is being set up. And at the moment where the, the base is being built, there's always this, this case where a lot of people feel that it's unfair. And yeah, well, it, it, yeah, it should, it should not be retroactive, right? So people who get exactly. their visa should get their visa. It should be only for, for new arrival. But what I mean is that for me, it makes sense. It makes sense that at some point they separate the, the residency and the point visa um, versus the, because you cannot build a company based on a point visa, right? Because what happens if you don't get the point, then you close the company. So that's, that's why fun. I say, I don't understand why they did it in the first place, but I, I completely agree with you that for people who benefited from it, uh, they should, they should be able to, to keep it. Okay. Um, 
but thanks for this introduction. So uh, let's move on. You're the co-founder, as we said, of uh, Innovative Korea. So what is this program? Okay, uh, let me give a uh, slight introduction of uh, on how and uh, why Innovative Korea started. Innovative Korea actually started uh, in early 2018 mm -hmm. uh, by myself and by uh, Nihat, my co-founder, who is currently the uh, director of uh, Yoksam Global Village, uh, a Korean national as well. He was with me uh, at university. We both studied here as a Korean government scholarship students. We studied at the same university. And uh, it came from the point that after the introduction that I told you, we went through a lot of uh, stages and, and levels of ups and downs in Korea, which is, which is amazing. That experience actually, now it's fun to talk about. Back then, not much. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but we decided to, to start, we were sitting down. I, I, I had some experience in startups. I, I'm, I'm a chain entrepreneur. I failed a lot. And that's, that's something I'm not actually shy uh, to talk about. I failed almost with six to seven startups. I learned a lot of things on the way. And I talked with Nihat and I was like, mostly um, we focus a lot on bringing entrepreneurs from outside of South Korea to South Korea. It's like, okay, come South Korea is attractive and, 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 and. What we ignore on the side or what we forget on the side that there's a big presence for actually expats in South Korea who actually know about the culture, to a certain extent, know about the language to a certain extent, have more experience in the country to a certain extent. And we thought about them, like, why don't we actually start giving them uh, a little information on how to avoid some immigration problems? It started in a very random way. It started in a very random way. I'm a startup enthusiast. Um, I was telling them on how to set up a startup, what to do, what not to do. And things start evolving from there. The goal was basically, my main goal was to help students in the beginning was most students come here they enjoy the college life before covid they would enjoy college life uh first year second year third year would pass fourth year you graduate and then you're you're in a very tight spot like okay what should i do i don't have a student visa anymore i cannot find a job i should have prepared better before graduating so what we were trying to do is we were trying to offer programs to pre-prepare those students uh, to actually, when they graduate, they would have an access to one or two or three visa options. Okay, everyone has to go through the D10, the job seeking visa, and it's, it's a great thing that the immigration office uh, has done. Uh, but what we were planning to do is uh, the vision of Innovative Korea was to actually help everyone succeed in any way, in any way, from the belief that comes from that South Korea is not a market that can be monopolized when it comes to expat communities and ecosystems. There is no one agency or one organization that can get all the job done. Like Innovative Korea, for example, we cannot handle everything from A to Z. If we want to, we might be able to, but let's be more realistic. Uh, there are a lot of agencies in Seoul. There are, to, to name a few, not the ones that I can uh, think of uh, about right now, we have Seoul startups. Uh, they have a certain job. We have uh, Born to Global in Gyeonggi also that have their own jobs. That's a government agency. We have Innovative Korea and we have tons of other agencies. Our goal was basically let's do our part and send them to Born to Global. Born to Global Center, uh, basically what they do is they prepare those startups to leave Korea, to go to an international market, for example. Okay, in order for a startup to go to an international market, you need to be set up, basically. Half of the people that come to us, to our programs, they don't know where to start. They don't know what the law is like. They don't know where to get the funds. They don't actually know if they can get 
a patent for their uh, startup or not, whether it's IT or not. They don't know if they're eligible to even do a startup or not. They don't know how to run a startup. A lot of people still have the idea that, okay, I'm a startup CEO and it's all done. We, we actually, I spend most of my time telling people that the last thing you want to do is a startup CEO. That's the last person you want to be. And it's, it's, it quite motivates people in a way, but what we actually want to do, we wanted to see successful entrepreneurs at any price. It's not okay. our job to make money out of them. We wanted to see successful entrepreneurs so they can inspire other foreign entrepreneurs to actually take that step and start. So, but can you <laughs> go into detail um, of um, the, the, the program itself? What, what is the program itself? Okay, we cooperate with the immigration office, OSS. That's uh, one of our programs. The program itself is like this. Uh, basically, as we talked earlier about the uh, point-based immigration, it's still a point-based immigration right now. We have two programs that we are running currently with the Ministry of Justice and with OSS, with NIPA as well. There are a lot of agencies that actually support startups right here. So those are the names of those agencies. What we do, we start a program. That program, one of them is for trade, one of them is for IT startups. Anyone can join with any visa, as long as they're legal. Anyone can join with any visa. They take, we have courses over four or five days right now online. They take those courses. After taking those courses that will teach them how to set up a startup, what are the laws related to that? And we go through their ideas. We give them a little bit consulting and we run a competition basically okay. to see the winner okay. among those. Just before you go on, um, so you said um, IT startup on one side, trade on the other side. What, what, what do you mean by trade exactly to, to, to be on the same base? Uh, import, export. Import, export, basically export business. They have a separate visa for uh, those activities. Okay. The import and export businesses are separate, including dropshipping and online shopping malls. Those are considered among the trade visa. So all the e-commerce part, basically? Uh... All the e-commerce part goes under a trade visa. Now, there yeah. is a gray zone again. Someone can be overly advanced with their technology and offering some AI and offering some extra blockchain, uh, incorporating it with an online trading or an online shopping mall. That can actually now qualify for the OSS startup uh, IT uh, visa because they have developers, they have uh, maybe a patent for that. So they qualify for the uh, IT section. Okay. And uh, uh, so are you a government organization or are you a private organization uh, yeah. um, backed by the government? We are a private organization. We are a very private organization backed uh, by the government, backed by one part of the government. Uh, we, in 2019, we ran our first program and it got the attention of the government. So uh, we decided to cooperate with them. We start actually, actually lecturing for their own programs and we got Innovative Korea, our share of those programs as well, to be able to spread the word in a better way and keep giving the same benefits for the participants. Okay. Do they support you with money, with uh, infrastructures, or what kind of support do they provide? Uh, the support we get actually is not financial. Up to now, uh, we have been funding Innovative Korea from our own, uh, like we've been investing into Innovative Korea. What we get is uh, we're, we're lecturers, basically, as well. So there's a certain uh, amount that we get as uh, lecturers from that. Running the program itself, the support we get is as following. Uh, number one, we can get every single participant that participate in our program an OSS certification, which is a certification issued by the immigration office that grants you points on the 
point-based immigration for your startup visa. So that's the first thing we can grant. Number two, we can actually grant incubation. It means after we run, we run our, uh, let's say, competition between the 10 or 20 or 15 X number uh, of startups, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a panel of uh, people from the uh, Ministry of Justice. We have uh, people from Innovative Korea and angel investors. They look at the uh, presentations and they choose a company or two to win. The winner actually gets an incubation office in uh, Gangnam area. Uh, they get a shared office, not basically a million dollar office, but it's good for a start. Mm -hmm. uh, they get uh, also consulting from the OSS team. They have on their board the lawyers, patent lawyers, accountants from A to Z. They have everything and they get the network also to be able to sell their product, develop their project. And also they get a visa, which is a startup visa. Well, they got the startup visa, whatever visa they came with, uh, they, they, yes. they, they go back with the startup visa. Exactly. If they qualify for one, of if, course, we, we do not promise with the visa because if there was a background of several records that forbid them from taking the visa, honestly, no one can actually be of help at that point. But as long as everything qualifies uh, with the uh, recommendation uh, they get, with the uh, documents they get, with the course that they take, they are actually qualified. Uh, for a startup visa and it's it works in the same way for the trade visa as well yeah okay how long have you been running this program uh since 2018 we've been running this since 2018 uh, in 2019 we got more active uh, on the program in 2020 we ran our first uh, idea to start up uh, program uh, during covid because everyone was sitting at home and there was a big uh, a big amount of people that actually applied. It was uh, it was kind of beautiful to see uh, what was going on. A lot of people who actually were actively uh, looking to see where to start. And uh, it kept uh, until now, it kept going until now. And this year we are scheduling uh, four uh, programs, two for trade and two for startups. We might add one by the end of the year as well. Okay, so it's one per year and uh, it's, it's, it's gonna happen soon, right? What is the, the exact period for the program? Uh, now, we, we're still taking applications uh, right now uh, for an idea to start a program. We will be starting, let me double check. Uh, we will be opening this program three more times this year. It's not only uh, once. We have it uh, four times a year in addition to the trade programs for the current, let me double Which check. It's four times a year. Yes, okay. yes, yes. We run, it, we run it four times a year. Um, right now... We are closing in 10 days. We are closing the application period in 10 days. As uh, it's mentioned on our, uh, we're going to start in 1st of May, our program. We'll and it's, a, in, it's, a, it's a free program or, or people have to pay something to participate? Uh, no, no, it's a totally free program. Sorry to correct. We're starting on the 22nd of May, the application open on the 1st of May. Uh, no, it's a 100% free program. Uh, that's the beauty of it. Um, it's 100% free. We're running it online right now. And as long as everyone attends, they get uh, to uh, get their uh, certifications. And uh, basically, it's 100% beneficial, beneficial for the participants. Yeah. Uh, so you told me why you started this program, right, uh, just yeah. before. But um, wh wh what's in it for you? Because it's a lot of time. Uh, you don't get paid by the government. You don't get paid by the startups. So let me ask you that. Yeah, what's in it for you? Okay. That's a very interesting question because that actually has been a point of debate between me and Nihat for, for a long time because we are 
not more busy than anyone else. We have our own business. Like Nehat has his his thing, his job, and I have like two or three businesses on the side. What's in it for us is basically we're staying here for some time. Honestly, we're staying in South Korea. We've been here for 13 years, and there are people who've been here more than us. I'll talk about myself. I'm Korean right now. We're staying here for a while. If no one is going to take that initiative to spark this. I do believe it's going to be difficult at the start and it will be beneficial at a later point. But if no one is going to start this initiative of starting to encourage foreigners and expats to start their own business, we will all be sitting down in the same places complaining about the same things and watching nothing change. So someone has to take the hit. So and that's, we're sharing a, that's a sacrifice, right? I wouldn't say sacrifice. We learn, a lot <laughs> we learn a lot on the way. We get a lot of exposure on the way. Um, yeah, we, networking, connections, okay. Networking, connections. We're tight with the government right now. And when it comes to those programs, and we understand more the needs of, uh, of expats, and we understand how the government is approaching expats uh, with those programs as well. So it's not 100% sacrifice. No one is actually... Uh, no, of course not. 100%... Uh, of course not, but, but it's a lot of time, right? And uh, a lot of time and efforts um, for, for no no money, at least on the on the short run, right? But but some connection and, and probably some benefits on the long run, plus the benefit for the community, obviously. Um, so, by the way, because we are, we are talking about that, where, where are you from? I'm uh, from Lebanon. I'm Lebanon? from Lebanon. And uh, Nihat? From Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan, okay. Yes. And so you guys uh, came here, you said, 13 years ago, and now you, you went through the, the whole process of the, of the citizenship. May I ask you why you want to stay in Korea? Uh, there's a lot of opportunity in, uh, in South Korea. Uh, a big, big, you can see opportunities everywhere. If you want to have four or five jobs, you can have it. If you want to work 24 hours, it's available. Uh, the security is here. Uh, the, the, the convenience is here. I mean, we can all argue about what we believe or we don't believe or we like, we don't like about South Korea. That's, that's a personal perspective. But there is no doubt that the infrastructure is ready in South Korea and uh, there's a vacuum. There's, there's an empty space in the middle and we are all, not only Samer, not only Nihat, not only XYZ, we are all standing and looking at it like this and, we're, and, and none of us is entering because we are all busy doing something else basically and not approaching the scary zone which is ready and set up for expats. So yeah. we saw that and we're like, oh, we're staying here. Uh, we love this place. I came here when I was 17 years old um, and so did Nihat. So we basically, we grew up here in South Korea. Uh, personally, I grew up in, in Seoul Metropolitan City from the age of 17, now I'm at 30. Um, it feels like home to a certain extent to me. Yeah, because, I mean, you could stay here and just with a with a foreign visa, but you, you decided to went all to go all the way, sorry, and to, uh, yes. to, to take the nationality. Okay, uh, cool. Uh, was it a difficult process? Uh, definitely, it wasn't easy. Well, it was it was easier than now. Uh, that I can I can I can confirm because now it's becoming more difficult. Um, it it needed a lot of time investment. You know, at at that period of 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 life, I spending every weekend from, for example, to take the KIIP program from uh, 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. Honestly, I wanted to do something else on the weekend. You know. Um, especially that I used to work during the weekdays to support my MBA and all this, all that. It was, you know, the hustle going on and, and all this stuff. But uh, preparing the KIIP from level one to level five 
for some people was difficult. For me, I took it from level five. Still, it took a lot of time. We had to study. We had to apply. Uh, there's a lot of documents that uh, we had to get, documents of uh, family registration uh, from back home, notarized, uh, uh, translated, uh, stamped from here, stamped from there. The application itself took almost three years. I applied, and after three years, I got the citizenship. So there was an uncertainty for three years. Should I just continue what I'm doing, or should I stop? Like, should I keep investing in my business? Should I continue Innovative Korea? Should I continue Phoenix International or XYZ, whatever companies I'm running, or should I stop? It was difficult, uh, but uh, on the long run, when I look at it, it's kind of worth it. Well, it, it worked at least. <laughs> so yeah, when, yeah. <laughs> when finally it worked. Um, so when did you get the citizenship? I got it uh, last year. Last year, okay. Well, last congratulations year. for that. Um, <laughs> back back to the program. So you said everybody with a valid visa, so students, uh, job seekers, uh, E seven F uh, something, everybody can apply, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay. We we have. Uh, no criteria to eliminate anyone from applying to those programs because the government allows everyone. So we take all the applications in as long as you are a legal, uh, legally uh, residing in South Korea, you are clear to apply. Makes sense. So how do you how do you select them then? Uh, the uh, selection progress is not that complicated, but it's divided. As I mentioned before. Uh, we run the OSS startup uh, program four times a year and the trade program three to four times a year. We post all the information in our Google Forms as well. Uh, so basically, let's say 100% of people apply. Whoever has an idea related, because some people don't really go through the information that we give them, we eliminate, we don't eliminate, actually, we put on the side the people who are not 100% verifying uh, the information we provide, as in if you are applying with a trade idea to the IT startup program, we put you in another file, we send you our program when we open for trade. So let's say 20% of the applicants went out, we still have 80% left. Uh, we ask everyone to provide us with uh, a one-page proposal for the idea they have. Whether they already started or not, it doesn't matter, even if it's just an idea. Now, a lot of people actually write down a sentence. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, uh, but I'm interested to learn about more. So those people also, are taken into consideration. A lot of people want to learn. Now, if you're planning to take only 20 people, we give priority to the people who actually took the time and wrote a business plan. So it's 20 people, idea. right? Sorry, it's, it's 20 people per, per batch. Um, we, we, we play with those numbers plus minus. We play with those but, numbers yeah, plus roughly, minus. Yeah, roughly, roughly, okay. Roughly yeah. 20 people. Uh, because more than that, it's difficult for us to follow up with the, with the consultant. Yeah, yeah, makes sense, makes sense. So the, the 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 more the more precise, right? The more the more the more um, yeah precise the business plan, uh, the more chances they have to get in, right? Compared to people exactly. who are interested in learning about startups and entrepreneurship, right? Yes, we 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 appreciate and value everyone's perspective, obviously, of applying, but we also have to take into consideration that. When it comes to startups in general, if someone took the time to actually do a market study or write us a business plan, it means they are a little bit more advanced in realizing their idea. They're taking an extra step towards that. So we give them the priority of actually helping them to get there. Okay. So if I want to um, apply for Innovative Korea, how do I do? Click on the link. Uh, on uh, Basically, uh, we, we're present on LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, there's our webpage and there's me all the time on LinkedIn and Nihat also on LinkedIn. 
So you have four to five ways to click on links and just contact us and we will send you links right away. We usually uh, announce our programs uh, three to four weeks ahead. Uh, so we can give everyone time uh, to apply. And um, everyone is actually more than welcome to join the program. Okay. So the website is innovativekorea. Uh, innovativekorea.com dot com okay yeah. um yeah you click there you get all the information you said you're recruiting right now right what is the deadline again uh our deadline is in 10 days so basically we are looking at the 20th of may uh 9 a.m is our deadline okay for a start for a start in june no. Uh, the, uh, the program actually, uh, the program will start on the next day, uh, not right away. We have an orientation session on the 21st uh, of May. Oh, 21st of May. Okay. It starts right yeah. away. Okay. Uh, yes, we have, uh, it's a simple orientation program Q&A with the participants because uh, we also want to give them the time to ask questions. Maybe the program doesn't really uh, match with them. Maybe they have extra programs. So we give them that. And then on the 22nd, we will have our uh, first uh, class. A series of classes from 9 a.m. to 5 uh, p.m. with breaks in the middle. And then we have uh, 23rd, 24th, and then uh, from, sorry, from 24th to 28th, we will have consulting sessions to prepare people, uh, uh, talk with them, see what the business plan looks like, work on the pitch deck. And uh, on the uh, 30th uh, of, uh, of May, we will have pitching. Uh, basically, everyone pitches their idea via Zoom, and we will be choosing uh, the uh, the winner of uh, this program so they can get incubation. And nonetheless, all these uh, ideas are reviewed by the panel. And sometimes even uh, if someone doesn't take first place, they will grab the attention of one of the uh, panel members that's present there and they might get also an offer from them if the yeah. idea is feasible and the team is complete. Yeah, even if they're not the winner, they could uh, um, uh, get some good connect connection from the program, right? Exactly. Basically, no one loses in those kind of programs. Everyone <laughs> is a winner. Okay. And um, so it's all online, right? It's, there is no uh, physical presence. Uh, yeah. It, it, after COVID or before COVID, is it uh, offline as well? Yes, it was It was offline and it included more people. And Innovative Korea was running actually more events. Uh, we also run uh, the GKP, uh, Korea Global Professional uh, Group. We're trying to provide because we get a lot of inquiries and we get a lot of uh, marketing materials from the government or from private agencies, and we have to funnel it out. So if someone is looking for a job, we run groups like, hey, someone is looking for a job, XYZ place and Korea Global Professional. We have startup programs like, okay, everyone, please apply here, apply there. Hopefully in order to, to get there, but uh, for post-COVID, we are looking at a very active offline uh, uh, presence because it will be more beneficial for everyone to see each other. Participants actually benefit a lot from each other. Sometimes they cooperate, yeah. sometimes they share ideas and because one or two individuals, we have a limit to how much we know or how much we can give. So uh, we hope that everyone can actually network together. Okay. And where does that happen usually? Uh, usually we have uh, a venue in, uh, in Gangnam uh, that uh, is allocated to uh, Innovative Korea where we can use it for the uh, OSS uh, program. Um, so we use uh, that place uh, there for, uh, for our offline events. Okay. And um, so last question for the program. Um, what, what do I commit uh, for when I'm joining the program? Uh, On my side, as, as, as someone would join, right? What, yes. <laughs> what are my responsibilities? Uh, your time. Yeah. That's 
that's it. You commit with your time for the, uh, because those classes, nonetheless, this is a government program, uh, a government backed program. And when we actually uh, take the time to market this program and get everything ready, we also have, as Innovative Korea, have the duty of actually making sure the program runs well. So uh, basically participants, we, we don't ask them to be, uh, it's not a university class, but there's the minimum uh, attendance needed to get the certifications. Because if someone wants to get the certification for the OSS program, there's an 80% attendance uh, compliance uh, with the Ministry of Justice. So if that's the only thing we ask from the participant. Now, uh, there's the bonus, the plus alpha. If you have, if, if someone is more interactive, they, they want to know more, they ask for a private consulting session, we actually do provide these. So the more the person, the participant is, is more interactive, the more the participant is, is interested, we don't stop them. Like, okay, I want consulting, we arrange that for you. I want to actually visit an offline one-on-one -on -one and have someone look at my pitch deck. Okay, please come in. So um, minimum is time and maximum, you name it. Sounds good. Thank you very much, Tamer. So um, as we said, we uh, people who want to register uh, to an uh, innovative career program can find you guys uh, on social media or uh, on Google, Innovative Korea. They can uh, register from there or they can contact you guys if they want to know more. 100%. Anything else you want to add? Um, one last thing is that uh, with all due appreciation to all the organizations and agencies and entrepreneurs that uh, are working right now in all over South Korea and especially Seoul Metropolitan City and uh, the suburbs right there, um, our organization with, uh, with everyone else we are hoping, and I heard more than one guest at your podcast mentioning the same thing, I think we all share the same value of actually uh, joining efforts to create the space for expats in South Korea because one person's success actually lead to 10 other uh, successes. People are afraid to start in a foreign country, also in South Korea, because they don't know what to expect. Let's show them that actually we can succeed and that will bring more success cases. We hope the maximum uh, collaboration with uh, everyone else, with agencies, even with entrepreneurs uh, like yourself uh, to, uh, to keep the dice rolling, as we say, because if we don't actually take these steps, other people are gonna just stay still, keep looking and maybe miss on something beautiful in their life. Yep, 100% agree. Uh, thanks again for um, uh, for taking some time today and for presenting the program. And yeah, we wish you a very good program and um, hope to talk to you very soon. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Thank you very much again for your interest and time. And uh, we'll be looking forward, hopefully, to see you in our program as well, <laughs> if Thanks. needed. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you like what we're doing, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Feel free to share it with your friends. You can also join La French Tech Soul by registering on their website at lafrenchtechsoul.com and stay tuned for the next episode.